where we discuss every Bare Naked Lady song from 7 to Y. And tonight, well, I have a couple of gentlemen joining me. I have Stefan, who is the person who turns my trivialities into importancies. Wait, does that sound right? <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Jeff, who cures all my maladies. <laughs> Do I know? <laughs> Or do I cause? No, I do think I cause you, you cause. I was going to yeah, say, I definitely caused you. Doctor Jeff is in the house. <laughs> Doctor J or Nurse Nurse Jeff. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but tonight we don't have Aaron, but we do have a special guest returning to talk with us about our song. We have Allie, the pop culture pop culture anthropologist. Hello, hi everyone. Hi Allie. Always a pleasure. Good to be back. It's good to have you. That sounded really weird. <laughs> it, 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 did. it did. There's only one person that can make that joke, Stefan. Only you. I just <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> as, as that's the song we're going to be talking about tonight, the song Only You by The Platters. You guys all listened to that this week, right? Yes, sure did. Oh, yes absolutely. Yeah, sure, right. sure, sure. <laughs> Only you. Yeah. Oh, 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 my ear. Oh, stop. <laughs> stop. Uh, oh. oh, no, no. We're, no. Well, we're talking about Only You by BNL, but it goes by another name. Only You was the first name that they gave it on the first edition of Buck Naked, but that's hard to prove. I've only seen that on the internet. I can't prove that because there's only like 40 copies of that original version of buck naked out there and no one has shown the actual cover slip and song listing from that uh album if it's or, on the internet it's true <laughs> well exactly but I, I do have it from a couple different sources that only you was originally what it was called but then when they came out with the second third and fourth versions of buck naked and then also on bare naked recess what we found there was Lilac Girl. Only you can turn my eloquence to banality. Only you can make important season trivialities. Only you can cure this malady. Only you can make me sleep. Lilac Girl. They changed it for some reason. Periwinkle Girl was probably taken. I don't think it fit into the song as well either with the rhyme scheme. I mean, the ch change might have been due to the fact that the chorus literally just says Lilac Girl, but I mean, <laughs> just tossing that out there. I'm brainstorming. I've got to be <laughs> honest. Many... I, I've never have seen that. I've heard it mentioned maybe once before, but I've never seen it listed as only you. So... I don't know. I'm kind of. I don't. I don't know. It doesn't really make sense why they would change it in the first place. Like why? 
My only thought is that it probably sounded too much like the other only you by the platters, and they right. didn't want it to be mistaken for that. Makes sense. Yeah, I can't, I can't yeah. really see it being called only you because only you only appears. I mean, it appears, uh, it begins the first four lines of uh, <coughs> the first verse, but um, beyond and that point, third. it's pretty much Lilac Girl. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then it returns. But, <clears throat> but I, I think mean, the heart of the song can... is the Lilac Girl chorus. Right. I could see either name working perfectly yeah. well with this song. Um, I, I'm glad they went with Lilac Girl because it yeah. sticks out a little yeah. more. It, this is like an extremely deep dive. Like they never put it out on any actual albums per se. It only was on the demo tapes. I know, and that's a crime. And uh, wasn't it played in like 2004 as well? So they did do it live in, in Detroit, Michigan in 2004. And what makes Detroit so special? Because this is a great song. Well, they must have done it on the, on the Peep Show tour, right? Because they did every song they wrote on Peep Show. So somewhere... Well, that was the tour. Well, that was on Natural. Oh, that's right. Peep Show, it went Peep Show, everything to everyone. Right. And the Blam. Or no, I think it was Peep Show, everything to everyone... On natural peep, peep, peep show came after E to E. Something like right after E to E. No, Peep Show right. I thought was right before. I don't well, I mean, I, I had gotten E to E and then I saw Peep Show shortly after. Because the only time pretty... the, only, the only time I've seen BNL live was during Peep Show, and I had I had E to E at that point. Maybe it was like their smaller venue because I saw them on know, the E to E tour. Yeah. Well, I think they were Did you see them Tracy? both those tours? at the same time because i went to the ede show but they were also doing the peep show tour i think at the same time because um that was for the small venues that right. they were doing yeah yeah and i i fell back because i really wanted to go see the small venue one but they just the tickets sold out I, i'm glad that that i can say that's the one time i've seen them i wish i would have seen them more but the fact that i saw them on the small venue um i'm really happy that that's where i saw them because i think that that was a a good way to see this group. Um, I don't. I don't remember them doing lilac at that show, but. Um... Well, and you make a good point, Allie. That like, yeah, they said they did all their songs, but if you look at setlist.com, they've only ever played this song three times live in concert. Wow. Well, that's that was a question I was oh. going to ask. They did it twice in two thousand and four. So on that tour, so maybe they did it. One for the E to E show, and then the next night they did it for the Peep Show tour, hmm. uh, Peep Show show. Um, but the other one is they so, did it the first time ever uh, in September 10th, 1991, in Toronto. You were gonna say something else. Well, I actually have two things, so I figured it out. I think if I remember correctly, um, E to E came out. October of 03 then they mm -hmm. did like October November December the peep show the right. small tour and then I think February January February then they went and then then they did the, the E2E tour so I think it was before oh. E2E okay that makes that makes sense yeah. but like after it came out so like okay and then I think all natural was after that it, it definitely was after okay. that sometime but anyways no one asked about that um <laughs> I was what I was going to say is that they've they've had to do that song way more than three times. I would think so. I would hope so. Like because does the does the channel yeah. where you get your live does it does it show where they did the shows as well or yep. 
Huh. Yeah. So where where did they where did they do uh, I Like Girl? Um, I would have to look oh, it up okay. right now. Is it, is... I, I only know Toronto and Detroit off the top of my head. I okay. didn't right. I didn't specifically look at the other one, but I do remember that the other 2004 was only like two or three days before the Detroit show. Okay. It's yeah. interesting that they would bring it up in 2004 just randomly like that. I mean, what makes them? Well, think they were. They were doing at that point with the Peep Show tour. There, oh. they said they were playing every single song of theirs mm-hmm. live. Right. So and I would guess that they did. They did. I remember they did an acapella set at Peep Show where they did a lot of like <laughs> deep cuts, which I thought was really cool. Like they came out and just did an acapella uh, deep cut set. So maybe that doesn't always show up on the what they did live right. thing. Yeah, it might have been down as a medley or something. Yeah. Like that. Right. Hmm. But I know that um, Stephen was talking during one of the live from home shows where he played this, which excellent. Um, but he said that they stopped playing it because the opening is too similar to "If I Had a Million Dollars." I had that in my notes, actually. Thought, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's the and they words. always thought yep. uh-huh. that's what they were doing. So, to I, I'm I if that happened, it must have been played enough for that to have been an issue. Yeah. So there's, I thought the same thing. When this song starts up, you almost hear if I had a million dollars. It's yeah. the same chord structure. And I did make a joke in my notes here too. It, this is kind of the throwaway of Gordon because they also do the oh, 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 oh from uh, like Hello City. Hello City. So, <laughs> yeah. so there was are my notes. little bits of other, so yeah, there's little bits of other songs in this one. I didn't catch on to the beginning being like if I had a million dollars. I actually really liked yeah. the uh, instrumental portion of this song. I thought it was just really great to listen to. But I didn't make the connection yeah. between that and a million dollars. Yes, it's the I same chord. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. And and also the way that Kevin's playing the mandolin on the live version sounds very eerily similar to I want to say uh, it's one of the songs that's on the holiday album. And I can't now. Of course, I had it about two minutes ago. But now I saw three ships. It. I think so. Yes. He plays mandolin on that one. Yeah. And it sounds very, oh, no, I wish you a Merry Christmas, I want to say. Like, when they would go into I wish you a Merry Christmas, I want to say that it was very similar to that, to the picking that he's doing on that one. But it might have been I Saw Three Ships. Either way, it sounds very similar. So I, th- there are pieces of this that they keep bringing back throughout throughout their career. Um, as you were mentioning, like, with Lilac Girl and, and Hello City with the O-Woes. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's... <laughs> What this is know. one of their songs. I think it's different enough so that they could play it. I, I really like it. I don't know what mm-hmm. so what is it? I love this... Gordon anyway. So it's so Gordon-esque. That's my jam, <laughs> man. <laughs> what were you saying, Ellie? I was just gonna say, so this is one of my all-time favorite BNL songs. I love really? this song. Yes, I love awesome. this song. I that's really all I have to say about it. So <laughs> I guess I'll just go now because I love this song. Mic but, drop, Allie. Mic drop. <laughs> but yeah, no, I never picked up on the million dollars thing either until he said that. And I was like, oh. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. you should have just keep playing it anyways because <laughs> I don't <laughs> care about their disappointment. my elegance to exactly. Nally. Oh no, they're playing something that sounds similar to their biggest hit song. Oh no. Exactly. 
Well, and <laughs> making more money. I, I think it's interesting well, because this. I want to say this is probably their second or third song that they ever wrote. It is. If for people who were introduced to BNL with the demo tapes, this is literally their first exposure to what BNL would be, because on the demo tapes it was the second the song, second track, the right? First, yeah. The the first track was Roadrunner, which was just them doing a cover. Right. This is their first original on the Buck Naked track, and it's a good track and, for that because it really does showcase what they were going to be. Yeah, it really it does. does. I mean, this is Absolutely. this is quintessential. Steve had lyrics, quintessential Steve had harmonies. Like yep. this is, you know, this All is the what, harmonies. yes, the harmonies on this are fantastic. Um, and going off what Ali said, I, I, I don't know. I think when I first listened to the demo on um, the very first demo, I don't know if it really kind of hit me as hard as it should have. I was like, oh, that's good. That's, that's cool. But it, you know, it, it's a demo. It's not going to sound as great as, as it's supposed to. Um, when I was listening again, I, was, I listened to the second one off recess and then the live version um yeah this is this is i can easily say this is one of my favorite bnl songs it's that they good. Definitely, it's that good yeah, yeah. this is a song is that good i like there's well, in the middle there's like a guy that goes like really high like just for a second you know, it's like i i think it's the only point in the song that he does it but it's like oh my god this is just like so i'm sweet. pretty sure that's andy so great. I mean, just that little bit, mm-hmm. that little thing. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, that, that adds uh, a little beautiful note to it. Demo tape version that you sent. Um, I pick up like, well, a, it's more produced. I actually think I like it maybe the least out of the three because mm-hmm. it's just like, especially at the end chorus and the outro. Like they do a lot of layering, you know, harmonizing, you know, with Ed's voice, but it just feels a little much. I think I like the more stripped down version of the song, but on that demo version, on that intro, you can, to me, when I listened to it, I was like, that sounds like a piece of really don't know. There's like three or four chords that are like loud on that particular version, the way it's produced. And I was like, that sounds like really don't know. And I went back. That's why I was so. That's if you want a, a look into my geek brain. That's why I was late because <laughs> I was listening to the two, trying to see if I could hear it on the other one. The answer is sort of maybe. I don't know. It was very conclusive. Wait, you're trying to ask? You really don't know? <sighs> I <watched that> one. <laughs> oh, Tracy got a sigh from that one. I got a sigh. That was good. <laughs> So when you said the demo one, was that the Buck Naked demo or was that the Bare Naked Recess demo? Yeah. I just saw a demo and tape and I forgot. Yeah, the Recess one. Okay. And that's the one where we have Andy and Jim at that point coming right. in and joining them. And I don't remember. I want to say not Tyler at that point. I don't think Tyler had joined by Recess. But it's it definitely has much more to it. It's more depth in that part of the song just because you have you do have Jim and Andy playing in the background um, but you also have that third harmony in there from andy backing up the rest of them 
I love the harmonies on that version, the recess version, for that exact reason. I was reading an interview this week, and they were talking about they uh, and they interviewed Andy Cregan with GetBareNaked.com. Uh, um, in 2003, and they said one of the questions was, "What was it like to play your first show up on stage with BNL?" He said, "I remember I bl- I busted a blood vessel in my hand. I had no idea how to play the congas, but I remember the pleasure of picking up the third harmonies and not really being able to hit Lilac Girl. And I remember the unstoppable rhythm between Jim and Ed. That's pretty awesome, Allie. You were saying that." Uh, the recess song you didn't like as much as the buck naked song, correct? Yes, gotcha. I would have to agree with that. Mm. So, I enjoyed the buck naked version better than the recess one. Wow, okay, interesting. Okay, I, I'm curious where Tracy stands on this because I actually prefer the recess version. I was gonna agree with you. Jeff, actually, yeah, I, I prefer the recess version over the over the buck naked version. Just because there's a couple of things in there, like the harmonies are yeah. a little tighter. Yeah, and they they do they do like, a couple things where they slip into a minor key too, which I really like. They actually change up the the melodic structure a little bit too, um, mm-hmm. and I like that. They make it sound less like if I had a million dollars. I think they realized. <laughs> Which I'm not, I not, have... not that I have anything against if I had a million dollars, but I think they realized like, ooh, we got two songs that are pretty similar here. So, yeah. um, but the but the harm the harm layering, I actually I really like that in Recess. Recess mm. is the one that made me love this song, which just goes uh, to show music is really subjective. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just the music is subjective. It's a and great you know, song, just maybe the way they do it is is how it, uh, you know how it hits you differently. Yeah, I mean, and you know, at that same respect, like the Buck Naked version is the one I grew up with listening to. Yeah. So, you know, that's you, very... you have the, the nostalgia element to it too, which yeah. is huge. Yeah, that's always yeah, a good one. Exactly. <laughs> I also to me the song seems more like it should be just like maybe just not a couple voices in guitar, but it should be kind of just more organic. I don't know. It just strikes me kind of as that type of song. It's a very singer songwriter. Yeah. And I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you say that because my, my trouble with Tracy this week Uh-oh. was almost the exact opposite point. What's the trouble with Tracy? He's got problems with this song. What's the trouble with Tracy? Just because I don't tend to like stripped down songs that much. And the trouble with Tracy this week was the fact that I am extremely upset that this never made it onto any, not even as a B-side onto anything. Because, like, when it comes down to it, I would have liked to have heard a really fully idealized and, and found version of this. We almost start to get that with the live version from the O Natural Tour in, in, in 2004 that from the Detroit show. Um I, I like the parts that that Kevin's bringing into it, and they're they're fleshing it out a little bit more. But at the same time, I I feel like that if they had really spent the time to delve deep into this and make it a full recording for a record, I feel like they, it it would have been absolutely amazing. Yeah, like I said earlier, I think it's a crime that they didn't put it on an album because it's really good. Why? It is. It didn't even have to be Gordon. I mean, it could have. They 
Yeah. They could have thrown <laughs> Blam. In- mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they threw everything else on there. Why not <laughs> Lilac Girl? Right. I could pick like five songs that should re- replace. Sorry. Go ahead. But, or- sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or, or even more so, this is, this is what should have been on the Stop Us If You've Heard This One Before. Yes. With, with the, their rarities. Like, this is a rarity that should have been fully actualized for that album, and it wasn't. And this is where I get so furious. I hear these songs, and I'm like, that one, right there. That's Take off these other oh. demos that, that never made it, that, that actually got re-recorded. Give me this. I, I'm wondering if they don't have a full band version because they never did it for an album. Yeah. But they put all those other demos on. Put the demo of this one on instead. Yeah. I mean, and then there's the, what, the third Greatest Hits album? I mean, it could have gone on there. Whatever that one, the most recent one is. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. I suppose the Greatest Hit would have to be performed more than three times in live. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Ali said, I'm pretty sure it probably was. I think Seth lived set list is missing a lot of their early early songs because I think this really was a staple of their early shows yeah I would I would have to imagine so I mean I know they don't they didn't play it for many 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 years but like it's well known enough in the community and it's you know obviously confused people enough it was played enough, it confused people, it became an issue. Um, yeah, and Stephen has, I think, done it three or four times live, at Live From Home. So in theory, that would be more than the entire band ever did. So I don't think that's correct. That would be my wild guess. I think the lyrics are quite good, too. You know, I, I think Jeff would be really pleased with, with the lyrics because he likes rhymes and uh, I, I know that this thing is just oh, just get of... me started on the lyrics. Oh, just... <laughs> I want to bring up one more. I want to bring up one more point and and pick pick Allie's brain before we go on to lyrics. Before we officially go there. Sure so thing. the other thing, like, for, so this is one of those songs that I think Stephen really loves because he's done this song four times in his live from concerts, live from home concerts. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I. I would, I'm sure he likes it and that's why he's willing to play it. I mean, he plays a, a, a lot of requests and maybe for the first eight weeks, someone in this conversation requested it every week. I'm not going to name names. <laughs> yeah. Do you think this is one of his first ever songs that he really kind of cranked out and that might be, it might have hold a special place for him? I want to say it was probably one, it was one of the first that he and Ed probably came up with. I, we know that, that If I Had a Million Dollars was the first because that was the one that they created on the bus. Um, that was the first one they created on, the bu- on that bus rider just afterwards at the camp. And we know that Really Don't Know goes back before that one be- because that was written with Scary, Music, uh, Scary Movie Breakfast. But of that list... Like, this is one of the first five ones that they recorded. It's up there in terms of, like, what, which ones they actually had in their list when they first started doing Buck Naked. So it, it was an early on make. That'd be kind of cool to find 
some of the kids who are on that bus who are um, listening to the song. <laughs> no, that'd be kind of cool. And I that would be amazing. Get their... You going to play it for us, Jeff? I, I figured it out. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is a, a G. It's basically a G. It's just, yeah, it's the same chords. Sorry, I was just I was I was trying. This had me Kevin. I was like I, I have to I have to see if they're the same chords, but yeah. Why don't we head over to the lyrics real quick though, and and talk a little bit about about what the song is about. What is it about? I think it's about banality. <laughs> I have no idea what that word is. <laughs> well, I thought it was fun. Banality. I, I, one of the great things about this song is they use all of these big, like, 10-cent words, but they use them correctly, and they use them in comparison to each other, and it's wonderful. And they use them in a beautiful rhyme scheme. Um, I mean, I can go. What One thing I absolutely adore about this song is the contrast between verse 1 and verse 2. And I almost think that Steve wrote verse 1 and Ed wrote verse 2. Um, <clears throat> I could be wrong, but um, the first verse has the four uh, lines all beginning with only you hence maybe why that got that but that rhyme scheme of elegance to banality importancies to trivialities cure this malady is such a glorious rhyme scheme like that is amazing and then they turn it around and you think they're almost going simple with it because the second verse you know she brushes your hair i'm like you literally started the song with the line only you can turn my eloquence to banality your second verse goes, she brushes her hair. What is up with that? Like, it's weird. <laughs> Going right into trivialities. It goes very simplistic. But then you listen to it, brushes her hair, she climbs the stairs, suddenly she's aware, which is also a really good three-part rhyme, um, that she's beautiful. And that's uh, such a fantastic um, sentiment to the, uh, the song. It's such a good line. And my God, the next rhyme scheme that happens, uh, uh, she looks so delicious as she's washing the dishes. Suddenly she wishes just like all the fishes in the sea that she was with me. You know, that four-part rhyme, the the whole uh, pun on the other fishes in the sea uh, reference, going back to the simplicity of someone doing something very uh, trivial, I guess you could say, uh, triviality. Um, the, 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 the verses in the rhyme scheme in this song are absolutely fantastic. This is mm. like quintessential B&L writing right here. It's beautiful. And it I'm glad that she's here too, because she might be able to answer a question for me. As a guy, I don't experience things like this, but um, do a lot of women realize that they're beautiful as they're walking downstairs? <laughs> I was just wondering, because I don't think that way. I've never thought about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that's probably poetic license, though I'm sure it has happened many times in the history of women. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I'm just hoping to make it to the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm just like, am I going to trip up the stairs? Like, I'm not really concerned with beauty, but I think going back to the, what you were saying about the rhyme schemes is I think this, honestly, like this is, you're right. It's quintessential BNL and the, um, the vocabulary mm -hmm. that's used for a song that was written from uh, when they were teenagers um, is really quite amazing. I always yeah. have felt that the BNL songs, um, especially the more Stephen heavy songs have a very like literary quality 
Um, and that's, this is one oh, of those, I think that's where it really comes out. Um, because like you were saying, yeah, 10 cent words or uh, like, you know, it's just, it's not that, yeah. I, I definitely it's, like Steve being a part of BNL. Maybe it has something to do with the American school system that we're just lagging behind in our vocabulary. I don't know. <laughs> but I have to look up half of these words. <laughs> well, it, I love the word importancies. Because I was like, okay, is he making up a word that, no, that's an actual it is a word. Yeah. Uh -huh. Andre's word. Yeah. Like, who pulls that one out? <laughs> what a great rhyme. But also, like, what a great word to just use in comparison to trivialities. These kids definitely. But also, just showing that everything that he thought was so big was was trivial. I mean, his yeah. his eloquence is banal. So basically, everything that I was thought was so great about myself in the world is unoriginal until you came along, which is banality and <laughs> and uh, uh, importancies in the trivialities. Everything that I thought was so important is frivolous. Um, and only you can cure this malady. I mean, it's, it's such, uh, God, it's such a good moment. And I'm glad they repeated it. <laughs> like well, bring, that, only... bring that back. <laughs> well, and then you're expecting him to go with another rhyme and he doesn't only you can make me. Smooth. Which is a, that, that also is a really clever technique. Um, yeah. <laughs> really, really clever. It, it breaks it, it up, your... doesn't it? And it breaks it up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind now, was there one version where he said scream? Because I thought I heard scream. In one. No. Or, no? No, but online, that's what it says. No. Online, it's a scream. Because oh. I've, scre I've seen scream somewhere, unless, unless I'm Mandela affecting right now. But... It was ice cream. Ice cream? Okay. <laughs> I, I love oh, ice but cream. you can make it's me scream? Oh. Yeah, I've, I've seen that's scream it... somewhere. Seen or heard it? Make that's me, what they make. put online for their lyrics. I'm like, I know that's not correct. I know it's swoon. That's an amazing line. <laughs> I know, right? Like that, we'll just give up on writing anything right now. That's already. <laughs> and the way that he says swoon, like he, you can almost hear him swooning as he's yeah. singing uh -huh. that word. Like it's just amazing, almost onomatopoeia at that point. Usually guys oh. don't swoon. Usually no. it's not a guy thing. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really like that. Actually, I think that's one of the reasons I really like it is it's kind yeah. of this guy getting tripped up by this girl that it's it's like kind of a yeah. role reversal. <laughs> I can't quite get to the thought I'm thinking of, so you can edit this part about Tracy. Um, <laughs> I didn't happen at all, no. Men swoon, we just don't say we do because we don't really usually put the connection to it. <laughs> Again, the vocab shortage. To be fair, not a lot of people say they swoon. <laughs> so I wanna, people should say it more, but I don't think a lot of people. Well, I want to go back to something that Stefan and, and actually you also, Allie, were talking about earlier. So she brushes her hair, she climbs down the stairs, and suddenly she's aware that she's beautiful. It's, she does not notice that she's beautiful when she's looking in the mirror. She notices it just like when she's doing one of her often mundane things of the day, which is walking down the stairs. And it just suddenly occurs to her. Like, I love the fact that she's not egotistical and egocentric and, and thinking that she's amazing herself. It just kind of occurs to her. And I almost want to say that the thing that makes that occur to her is that she sees herself through him. Like, 
when she comes down the stairs, she she sees him, and then seeing his reaction to her, that's when she realizes this. Ah, yeah, I didn't pick up on her seeing him. Yeah, that's a good point, ma'am. I took it as internal beauty, but that works. I mean, that's too. I mean, I kind of saw like the internal beauty, like the the general. Just I'm a beautiful person, you know. Yeah, you know, I'm a good person. I'm a great person. I do want to point out that she climbs down the stairs. I find that an interesting turn of phrase because who who talks about climbing down the stairs? Unless like, you're talking about the grudge, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, usually we talk about walking down the stairs, but it, it paints for me in my mind this picture of a spiral staircase or something along that line to be climbing down the stairs, like or the it, or it, the Exorcist. Sorry, or the I'm Exorcist. Sorry, yeah, sorry, I wouldn't going. go that way with beautiful. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It's weird. In my household, we've always said climb down the stairs. Yeah, we have to. Really? Yeah, we have to. You climb down the stairs. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm very familiar with that phrase. That's coming down the stairs is climbing down the stairs. Yeah. I want to go back to something you said really quickly, Jeff. Also, she looks so delicious as she's washing the dishes. And this has hit me ever since I heard this song. I think whoever wrote that, whether it was Ed or Steve, is doing a musical theater reference there. I could be wrong, but I think that he's making a musical theater reference there to something happened on the way to the forum because in the song, everybody's got to have a maid. Yeah. There, there's that line, and I'll put it in right here. Oh, oh, wouldn't she be delicious tidying up the dishes neat as a pin? Where they, they use that exact rhyme scheme in almost exactly the same way, but it's mm -hmm. not it's not an exact perfect. So he's not stealing the line. Right. It's, it's almost like a a shout out to that moment in in that song. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that too. I, I can see them using the musical reference to uh, forum on there. Um, but then, then they build from it and then tying in their own BNL kind of thing. And there's a little bit of a, a kind of an egotism there, which I like that suddenly she wishes just like all the fishes in the sea that she was with me. <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, I don't, I don't see that as being like egotistical or anything in a way. It's just, it's just a, it's a playful little uh, fun. Like you were meant for me. I was meant for you. And, um, but I, I love that. I love the way they bring that up. Like, like you can look beautiful doing just, you know, a day-to-day -day thing and and i love that in her and then she loves that she's with me and it's a it's a really good sentiment and it's done it's done really it's a very sweet moment in the song <laughs> and i love it i i just love it we haven't talked about the the chorus which is is very simplistic i believe the it... chorus is trying to say la 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 lilac girl uh yes whoa 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 <laughs> Hello. I mean, we can girl. we can go deeper if you'd like. Uh, no, I, I, like, <laughs> I like the fact that it's simplistic. I mean, I like even though like they later on they're like, oh, we need to make a simple chorus, which is it's all been done. Yeah. No, right. you already lilac girl like right in the early days before you even wrote Brian Wilson, you had a very simple chorus mm -hmm. that worked. Fine. My grandmother used to make lilac wine. Like wine, 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 yeah, wine yeah. from lilacs, and it would have a beautiful purple to it. But I guess it um, is known to have uh, some kind of unhealthy toxin to it. 
I was gonna say I don't know if lilacs you can ingest them. Uh, they are. They're edible in some ways, I think. But I don't. I don't know. But also, if you're if you're if, if you're stuck in the beauty of this song, maybe not look up lilac on Google. Because <laughs> the first thing that pops up if you look uh, up lilac is they're low maintenance. <laughs> Just what Lilacs everyone are... wants from a relationship. I love her because she's really low maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> they're like really all also sought after like yeah. <laughs> a lot of times if you have lilac bushes people will come and cut them from your yard or offer to buy them from your yard i lived in an apartment a long time ago that had a lilac tree out front and there would be people that um the owner had to put up a fence because people kept trying to get to the lilac tree and cutting off the branches or like come okay. up to us and be like can i give you money for the lilac tree and i was like I, it's not, uh, not my tree. Um, and then, like, they've played at the Lilac Festival. Um, lilacs are very... Um, I know that Stephen said that, you know, he kind of... He, I believe he said something along the lines, like, he used it, like, because he was a teenager and it sounded, you know, romantic lilacs. So, I don't know if there's really too much meaning in lilacs or if it, it might just be that lilacs sound really pretty and sound something romantic when you're a teenager maybe it was a shout out to his his most favorite singer that he would later write with yes because his favorite band was the lilac yeah yeah Uh (laughs) i'm joking i wonder if he wrote this well i mean no i'm just that's interesting i don't (laughs) I don't know where oh, that fits are... this fits in the timeline. Off the lilacs are it's a nice little coincidence. They smell good. They, uh, I mean, they, you can, they make the whole neighborhood really pleasant. You know, they're a joy. There's nothing really bad about lilacs. I thought it was like a Dean Friedman thing because Dean did, you know, McDonald's Girl, and and so let's do Lilac Girl, and and then maybe we'll cover McDonald's Girl someday. I don't know. Yeah, the only part of this song that we haven't talked far as the bridge should we should we should talk about should the bridge? I, I think we so, should. I mean, it since it's there part. you what which Go which ahead, version I'll... of the bridge is your favorite part the buck naked version or the uh recess version because i have a clear answer say, on this one i would say the recess yes version, the but... recess version of the bridge yes <laughs> I but Allie, what were you saying Oh, I was just going to say, fun fact is um, the bridge of this song is why I did not choose it as a wedding song for my husband and I. <laughs> <laughs> I can guess. Why? <laughs> why? Whatever, right? <laughs> I was you like, didn't want to make that your statement about him? Yeah, I, it, it was like one of those things where it was like 90% of the way there, but there was a couple as you would expect little things that I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, you know. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I want but, to tell him that he lies like a... <laughs> yeah, that that was the big, the big one that I was like, probably shouldn't. And also, there's yeah. not really a great recording of it to play. So. Right. I guess the... Yeah, you have to yeah. find someone else to re-record it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that's maybe, maybe Steve could have come and sang it at your wedding. 
There you go. You know, and just change the and just change the bridge. Dreams could, can come truth. Right. Well, <laughs> no, that's that's you, the song. You're already married though, so I don't think that's gonna work. But... Second wedding. Second, if I had a time machine, <laughs> I'll let my husband know that. Vow renewal, uh, Ali. Vow renewal. Well, okay. Yes. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. We'll have Steve. We'll have Steve come play your vow renewal. <laughs> I got married to my wife twice. It counts. <laughs> so, I like that that almost that similar almost homophonic type of thing where he's saying I lie like a rug and it's lilac almost again like the, yeah. he's making that similar rhyme to that the way that he says I lie like, like a, a rug like a, yeah mm-hmm. I just like I, do, that. I don't and know it's, I it's love- got it's got that little dirty twist in there and that's that's a BNL thing too and I like that I may lie like a rug but I mean that I mean when I say I want to lie down next to you you know it's got that little kind of innuendo in there and that's fun <laughs> oh I was gonna say I, I do like that little twist I mean I wasn't a little thrown off by the melody shift there again on the demo it's weird because it kind of sounds like they didn't quite hit it um, and they actually laugh it off, which is fun too to hear. But um, you know, when you hear for me, when I hear the recess version, I hear kind of how it was meant to sound, and I really like that little uh, switch up in the uh, melodic structure of the song. Um, and that's that's such a BNL pun, throwing a typical joke and then uh, turn it into kind of a, a pun or an innuendo. Um, not to me, that's the I, I, I this is one time I have to d- disagree with Tracy though. I, I think the bridge is probably not one of my favorite parts of the song, I like the rest of the song more. Um, but it is fun, it's nice to hear them switch it up a bit. Jeff, what are we doing for a rating scale? Ooh, I didn't really come up with a good one. Um, I love like you said that the first verse has that brilliant rhyme scheme and the 10 cent words, and then throws you off with that fourth verse. Um, so we're gonna do zero to five swoons because I love that little twist in the lyric there. Uh, so we'll go with that. I usually don't go with lines in the song, but today I'm going to. Um, and Allie, <laughs> on a scale of zero to five swoons, how do you rate Lilac Girl? I give it six swoons. Six. I'm turning six it to swoons. 11. Yeah. <laughs> on a scale of zero to five. You're turning it to 11. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you and Sick are ruining my, my whole scale. Five. I'll give All it right, five so, swoons. So it's five. The sale. Five swoons. That's great. All right. I don't usually go a second, so I'll go this one. Um, I, I I love the song. Like I said, when I first listened to the demo, I don't know if I was like, oh man, but demos are tricky sometimes, and you either they either hit you or they don't. Maybe it's just because of the sound quality more than anything. Um, but I do like layering. I love vocals. I love a little production, not overproduced. Um, but I love the recess version. I got the for me got to hear what I think the a song. That's how it hit me. Um, I really love the song. I think lyrically and structurally, it's a brilliant, brilliant song. It's it's quintessential BNL. Um, I got to go high on this. I'm going to give this one a four point six swoons. Ooh. And uh, Stefan. Four point six swoons. That's what I got. Four point six. Yeah. <laughs> That's you hit it right on the head. So. Racy, bring it home. <laughs> All right. Well, I I really like the song. I think that Ed's picking on this guitar is absolutely amazing, especially for so early in his career. Um, I, I just absolutely love what he's doing with the guitar on this song. Um, and, and when Kevin covers, covers it on the mandolin later on in the live version, 
like you really get to see how much Ed is doing on that guitar when it's split up into those parts like that. Um, and the harmonies are just gorgeous. I don't, I don't care which version you listen to, the harmonies are gorgeous. And I love that once we get to the very end of the song and they're doing the chorus again, we have Ed in the background saying, only you can make me swoon in the background just to kind of give it some layers. This is one of those songs that is absolutely amazing. Um, the only reason I'm going to give it the score that I do is because I think that it, I, I would like to see a fully realized version of this out there. Um, and so because it's kind of simple, um, but I would like to see a I think that if it were fully realized, it would be an immediate five for me. I'm going to give this a four and a half. We're going to allow you to do that. So I'm going to give us a, uh, a really cool appearance, which since most of us that are on this week are from Maine and, and, our, and our Pennsylvania boy just disappeared. Um, the appearance for this week is going to be when they came up to Maine and did their appearance in 1996 on the WCYY patio. Um, I was able to find an actual recording of that. Um, so wow. going really back old old archives there. Gosh. And it's it's really great oh, yeah. them having fun. I remember that concert. That was great. That was fun. I was there. <laughs> I was there. I was there. Chrissy, um, have you guys been to or who has been to their other concerts in Portland besides the 96 ones? So I've been to two concerts in Portland, three concerts in Boston at this point. Which ones did you go to in Portland? Oh, wait, no, three concerts in Portland, because one of them I went to with, was with Stefan. Stefan, what was the one that we, you and I went to? Because I remember I went to Ma the Maroon Tour in, Boston, in, in uh, Portland. I went to, and then two of their post-Steven once in in Portland, I went to one of them up in Bangor, oh, which no. was the one with Guster and Ben Folds Five, ben Folds. and then the la the other three I did in Portland, which was the the holiday concert that they did on New Year's Eve, and then two of the post Steve BNL concerts. Whew. Oh, did you see the? Did you see them? You didn't see the Everything to Everyone show in Portland. I didn't. Oh, that was such a good show. I saw that I was at the holiday <laughs> show too. Such a, I can't believe you missed that show. But the have, you know. do know about the shopping carts with the cereal, right? I don't. Please tell me about this, even though I'm going to feel bad that I missed it. Oh my God. You should look it up online. So they did a whole choreographed routine to shopping with shopping carts and fake cereal. <laughs> It's amazing. It's art. I have to. And look they did up. red versus blue intermission videos in between. If if you, it's the um, Portland show is on whatever streaming service is your preferred one, and you can actually hear the whole everything everyone shows. So you can hear the red versus blue videos, and you can, oh. yeah, it's good. You that sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, I've I saw them I think three times in Portland all pre. If I remember correctly, 
and, and correct me if I'm wrong, the Everything to Everyone tour happened conjointly with their their holiday tour one of the years because they did they split up their holiday tour what uh into two different years in the in the christmas season and i saw it on the second <coughs> round of that see of the holiday tour um when they kind of broke away from everything to everyone to do the the second half of their holiday tour again and then came back to finish up their everything to everyone again I think that's how it went. And I, and I went to the holiday, I saw the holiday tour, tour the after I saw the holiday tour after I saw the everything to everyone show. Okay. So that. maybe it's the other way around. Maybe I saw the, I don't I can't remember. I can't keep track either of way. When they were good shows. <laughs> they were good shows. I don't believe your memory better than me. I just know because everything to everyone was actually my first BNL show. So you know, I know that was what I'm one. trying to say, Allie, is that I don't I don't remember a lot that that my my memory, it has its limits. Uh, Tracy, can I add there are limits to how good your puns are? <laughs> oh, there's many limits to that. Once in a <laughs> while, I can exceed the posted limits. Oh, OK. So so you can go beyond yes. the limits. Hey, Tracy, what's the song? Next week? <laughs> oh, limits. OK. <laughs> <laughs> don't know that song well thank you very much for joining us ali you always bring amazing facts with you every time <laughs> yes, yeah thank, well, you. Thanks, thank you for having me it's it's always it's always a pleasure <laughs> thanks that was fun don't forget no regrets except maybe It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.